Welcome to the newest episode of the Razzball Football Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jay. As a reminder, this is not live. And we're coming off a two-week break. Well, technically it was a one-week break. That was my bad. I had allergy issues. I have them twice a year, usually when the seasons change, and I just I become a mess. I can't talk. Just uh, fluids fly out everywhere. Um it's kind of like lovemaking, but a lot more gross, if, if I were to describe it. So, <laughs> um, I'm happy to welcome, uh, new to the podcast, but not new to the site, uh, Mike Mayer. Did I pronounce that right? Is it Mayer? It's Mayer, right? It's Mayer, yeah. Just pretend uh, the H isn't there. Right. I used to I used to <laughs> refer to you as Mahar. I didn't even call you by Michael or Mike for some reason. I called you Mahar. I think it's because it sounds like a Star Trek villain. It, it kind of, you know, it's like uh, how I attribute things to make, make things make sense. But um, we also have Zach. Zach, you're coming to us in a starving state. Is that correct? Because you're Jewish. This is what holiday for you guys? <laughs> um, I'm not hungry anymore. Um, so you because... violated your religion. You No, it was like, it's from like sunrise to – it's not even sunset out, but – I don't know. We all got hungry at like 6 p.m., so we ate and broke the fast. Uh, the holiday is a uh, Yom Kippur. Oh, okay. So what what are you exactly celebrating? Um, actually, like Food like or... all Jewish hol like all Jewish holidays, you're not really celebrating because they take the fun out of everything. Makes so sense. you're supposed you're supposed to like you know reflect on the year and um, apologize for you know any wrongdoings you made. For me, I made sure that I apologized um, to the most important people, and that included um, people that read my column last week and thought that Devonta Freeman was a good play, and that was a very frustrating. I, experience. I almost thought you were going to say All tell around. me that Devonta Freeman was Jewish, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> No, it's interesting. I actually, um, like a year ago, I was dating uh, this Jewish girl, and I, it, it was weird for me because, I mean, not because I'm uncomfortable around Jewish people. It's just I'd never met or interacted with one before. Like I never had a Jewish friend or whatnot. So yeah. I was really interested in the dynamics, just because you know I, like I grew up kind of a West Wing kid. So in West Wing, that's how I learned politics. Yeah, and, I love you know West world Wing. events, and you know if. For all those who watched West Wing, they had this, um, I think it was in season six or something, is where uh, Palestine and um, Israel was part of a peace process by, um, you know, President Barley. Anyhow, I, I discussed this with her and it was really interesting to kind of hear both sides, um, you know, but then I would be like, hey, let's watch Lucky Slevin. And she'd be like, why? And I'm like, oh, it's a movie with Jews in it. It's pretty cool. And then, you know, that I'm single right now just to establish that. Um, but <laughs> anyhow, we... We are missing someone. We are missing T-Hole. Um, I would like to mention, uh, he might call in. He's at work right now, so if he wants to join us uh, and not work, a little bit less worse than what Zach is doing, which is hating on his god for eating, um, <laughs> T-Hole might call in. But uh, It's interesting. Like, How do you do that How do you do that Jew thing with, um, with being a Donald Trump supporter? I feel like they're kind of anti- you know, a lot of people ask me that, and then I usually, like, uh, just kind of deflect all the answers to other kind of uh, issues. But, however, though, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of – he actually – I want to say he um, he made a speech at the Florida Jewish Alliance. Yeah. That's not the name of it. 
but he actually made a speech there. Um, and I want to say he said something that was borderline anti-Semitic, but I don't think anyone really cared. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'll be honest, like, I don't want to get too political here, but I, I don't think anything is borderline about Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I don't want to That's tread true. on it, like, Mike, how are you with this whole, like, where do you weigh on the spectrum, just so we don't, we don't offend anyone? <laughs> oh, it's fine. I am, like, by definition, a conservative, and okay. for a while was enjoying supporting Donald Trump, but then it just becomes less and less fun every week, and now I just kind of ignore it. <laughs> right. I mean, it, I find I find it interesting. I think people who follow me on Twitter realize where I lean on the spectrum. I like to try to keep it as fair as possible, though, when I'm doing things related to what we do, which is fantasy football which is an interesting dynamic because people i'm sure are asking is like why are we talking politics with but it's because you know a lot of what we do involves you know kind of like the social culture or the you know what's going on now you know culture wise and of course we have a big election going on and so i like to implement a lot of jokes about it i i've gotten a lot of heat you know some people have complained about some of my trump jokes but <laughs> i mean to be fair you know there's a lot of jokes i make about Clinton, I try to, but I feel like it's a little new, more nuanced. You know, like with, with, with Trump, it's a little bit easier. And when you think about it in those terms, you kind of realize maybe that's the definition of, of what you might want in the president, the one who's not providing such easy material, right, to make fun of. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It does. Like, uh, what's his name? Mitt Romney was not funny at all. But that was what was nor, funny. Nor about was him. Obama. Like you could make jokes off of that. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, think I guess. I think you could make some jokes about Obama. Like, I mean, I'm I'm happy to say Obama was my president. You know, I I voted for him twice. I feel like when I was young, like eight years ago, I was what I was 26, 25 or 26. I was like I was a millennial. At you know, I mean, I don't know where I fit on the millennial stage now. I don't know if that term fits what year I was born. I don't know. Maybe I'm Generation Next or a mix. I'm probably like right at the line, but anyhow, that that was you know my generational president, I think, or like you know if you grew up in the '80s, that was their Reagan, you know that was this is my ball, and even him, you would like make fun of pretty easily, you know. So I I don't know, Romney, yeah, he was he was pretty boring, um, but you could make fun of that, like he's robot, you could upgrade him to two point. It's kind of like how you can make fun of Peyton Manning, you know, just to bring about football, like he's kind yeah. of a computer pro, like a Terminator, um, without you know, the throwing arm, but, uh, but yeah, let's, let's get right into football. I honestly, we've missed, um, two weeks, not two weeks. I keep on saying two weeks. It's actually been just a week, but it feels like, uh, well, technically it'll be two, it'll be two games, maybe two, two weeks of games. I think, uh, my memory isn't serving me well, like it ever does, but you know, just to – I think what we'll do is we'll do a roundup of the matchups and we'll kind of talk about each team, um, what we think. We have the first one up, which is near and dear to my heart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the Broncos at the Chargers. It's interesting. Um, I was gonna, I usually don't bring up stuff like this um, unless, you know, I'm trying to convince people to come onto the podcast. But obviously this is uh, – today is actually my birthday. And the only reason I bring it up, is, yeah, thank you. But the only reason I bring it up is I realize, like, every time I think it's been like the last three or four years, the Chargers have been in prime time, like in or around my birthday, which is its own. 
I don't. I wouldn't call it a welcome birthday present. I I I think they've gone one and three in that time. So I think they they beat the Broncos in in the year that the Broncos went to their first Super Bowl. I think and lost to the Seahawks. I think that was it. But every every other one has been a loss. So I going by that percentage wise, I feel like the Chargers are going to lose this one. <laughs> of course, it has nothing to do with the fact that they're one and four and it's just really a dumpster fire at this moment. But they're um, one and four. They could so easily be four and one at this point. That's what. Oh my god! I. Yeah, that's true. Actually, you know that's that's interesting. I did see something like that for the Lions. I'm looking it up right now. The Lions were similar in that, and I'm drawing out my voice so I can get to there. Yeah. So <laughs> the Lions, who currently sit at two and three, are 11 points away from being five and zero, oh, while being five points away from being zero oh and five. Which I think is maybe a little bit more incredible than the Chargers, just because they ended up with a two and three record. You know, right down the middle. But right. Um, I did want to ask you guys, um, not not only who you pick for the win, I think it's going to be the Broncos all around, but I want you guys to tell me about C uh, C J Anderson and, and what what you guys think of him going forward, and if you guys really think that Booker has um, any fantasy relevance this season. Uh, so uh, Zach, why don't you go first, man? Um, I think he's. I honestly, I think it's a little bit foggy at this point just because um, Trevor Simeon should come back and I don't know if that should change things at all or if it should. Um, yeah, he was supposed to have a – and he and it still is a great matchup on paper last week that Anderson had against Atlanta. and But we saw um, almost kind of like a – 50 50 split almost maybe a little bit less than that with between anderson and booker and i don't know i don't know if i think booker is a great stash candidate um i'd like to see him produce um before we start talking about um cj anderson not being an rb1 or not being an rb2 because of booker's presence and again he is a rookie he's one fumble away from being in the doghouse with kubiak so Things can change week to week, but we have seen an increased snap count on Booker. Um, I just like to see a little bit more, and the running backs in general get a, a great start today or uh, Thursday. Sorry, um, uh, against the Chargers, who are not the greatest against the run. Yeah, Mike. I think I think if there's any question about. You know, CJA. I, I feel like it'll be answered against the Chargers. I mean, he, one of them will utilize the fact that they're like a turnstile at this moment. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? Um. Well, I would definitely agree that like a char- the Chargers are definitely a team that I pick on when I'm doing like daily fantasy. Um. You know, no offense to you as a Chargers no, fan. No, no. But... <laughs> I mean, it's their offense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because not only are they not they're not great against the run, but they also, you know, like Phillip rivers is going to get his points. And so the other team isn't going to be able to just pack it in most of the time, which has kind of been unfortunate for chargers fans because you're right in the game at the end and then they blow it. Um, Booker was a guy that I was high on coming into the year as like a sleeper guy that you could stash. And after a few weeks, I just kind of soured on him. And now that I soured on him, he's starting to get more touches. He got 40% of the touches last week. And who knows how much of that had to do with the fact that Simeon was out and they weren't throwing it as much. Um, 
but he is getting more touches. I think C.J. Anderson is going to be fine, and I think, um, you know, this week against the Chargers, he's going to get his. And I think Booker is definitely a guy you can grab and stash, but, you know, not a guy you can obviously play right now, but definitely a guy you can grab if you're desperate in a deeper league um, just to kind of see how that plays out. And I think he's actually just now getting out of the doghouse because I remember I had him on my bench in week one and watched him fumble, and then he went right to the doghouse for Kubiak. Yeah, I would I would add that, you know, I think I commented on this on the site earlier this week and that, you know, uh, CJ Anderson was never Kubiak's guy. Um, I think it was more around the Fox regime, but you no, know, even the Fox regime didn't really trust him that much, but I don't, I don't know how Kubiak feels about him. Obviously it's in the Broncos history to, you know, you know, they're fine, uh, just moving on from running backs, which is, which kind of makes it a little bit scary if you're a CJ owner. Um, but they did bring him back this off season. Right. They did. He so signed, they... uh, he signed a deal with the Dolphins and the Broncos matched it to bring him back. So they liked him enough at least to bring him back. Right. Before the next game, I did want to mention, we were talking about birthdays earlier. I did want to mention T-Hole's birthday is tomorrow. So happy birthday to T-Hole if he doesn't make it on the show. I did want to I did want to tell him on the show, but it looks like via his text, he's not going to be able to sneak away from work, uh, at least as of now. So um, bless his heart for calling me a 27-year-old on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I stopped counting at 30. So uh, the next game up, is the 49ers versus the Bills. Um, Bills are interesting, just because I didn't expect much from them the first uh, few weeks. Obviously, uh, a Ryan coach team in all manners and forms. Uh, I don't... You know, the whole thing about Sammy Watkins going down and Tyrod needing him to survive, I think I'm the one who said that. I know T-Hole agreed. I can't remember where you were on this, Zach, but I feel like they've somewhat stabilized a little bit. Their defense has been doing a lot more. Um, I think McCoy has been doing a lot more. I feel like you're using a portable massager right now, Zach. Is that what's going on? <laughs> is is the microphone working up again? No, I just heard a massage chair or something. I'm just going to assume that's what it was. Oh, uh, no. I'm, uh, I don't know what that sound was. Now I'm like looking around it's my fine. desk seeing it's if fine. there was. I mean, it's better it sounded than... like maybe a phone going off, like you got a text message or something. Well, let, let me know if uh... – if it happens well, again, I don't I'll have switch your back phone. out. I don't have your phone in front of me. You're going to have to check yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, on to the 49ers and Bills. I, You know, it's it's at home, 49ers. We got Kaepernick coming back. I don't know. What, let's talk about Kaepernick. I, I, he's obviously not fantasy relevant, but do you guys think he ever will be again? I, I'd like to say no, but it might be a nice story if he does. Um, I would – I mean, that's kind of a toss-up, but I am an Eagles fan, and when Chip was here – there were always rumors that he wanted Kaepernick. And at the time, I despised Sam Bradford, and I thought that would be really cool to see Colin Kaepernick in Chip's offense. And I don't know if he's ever going to get back to where he was with Harbaugh, but, I mean, it is kind of that same read option, quick pass offense where he had his most success. So I think if if there's any offense where he might become relevant again, maybe it's in Chip's offense, where not only does it kind of fit his style – where he can threaten you with his legs to, you know, create some more space. Um, but also they're going to run a ton of plays. So even if he's an average quarterback in Chip's offense, you're going to put up good numbers just because you run 100 plays a game. 
I think that's a great point uh, that Mike just made. Um, I also I'm interested to see what Carlos Hyde's role is going to be um, with Kaepernick potentially uh, starting or not potentially anymore. He is starting. Um, uh, again, I like the Bills defense just in terms of their a little bit. They're widely available in in a lot of leagues according to ESPN and Yahoo's uh, numbers and. I, and I think they're a great uh, defense that you maybe streamed last week against Los Angeles that you can use not only this week, but uh, weeks into the future. And I just think that they're going to run it at a high pace. It's a high-paced offense. And, yeah, I don't think – I think uh, Kaepernick is maybe a stash and just kind of hope that he turns into something and maybe in two quarterback formats. But other than that, you're not – really giving him any looks and I, the biggest thing is not how well he does per se but how the rest of the offense plays in terms of not only Hyde's production but also I know a lot of people were picking up Jeremy Curley in a lot of leagues and I don't know if Kaepernick's gonna throw the ball long distances well, at okay. ease yeah <laughs> he's not the most accurate thrower I'll give him that um you know, I didn't know if I forgot to do this or not, but I forgot to if we called the games. I'm assuming you guys went Broncos uh, for the yeah. first match, right? Okay, I'm gonna go Chargers just because that's that's the life I have to deal with. So um, for this game, I'm gonna pick the Bills just because they're at home. You guys agree, or are you guys going 49ers? I'm gonna go with the the Bills. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the 49ers. They have. Um... I don't know, just a feeling I have. The The Bills are so up and down. I think they kind of turned it around, but for a Rex Ryan team, that's, you know, as soon as they turn it around, that's usually when they go off the rails again. Yeah, that's a good point. This this actually feels like kind of a trap game for them. Um, right. So let's see. Uh, in the most entertaining game of the week, we have up next the Jaguars. 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 However <laughs> pronunciation you want. Uh, against the Bears. Uh, or the BRs, if you want to treat it the same way. Um, you know, this is an interesting game and in that it's not interesting at all. But I did want to ask you guys about Blake Bortles. I, I've kind of given up on him. Uh, where are you guys at with him? I'm kind of on the same boat. I was never a huge Bortles guy. And then for a while I started thinking, you know, maybe he's okay. And now I am going back to agreeing with myself and saying that he's garbage. I'm not too high on him. Um, this seems like a great matchup for him, but then he can just it, the matchup against Chicago seems good, but also it seemed good for uh, Matthew Stafford a couple weeks ago. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really like him that much. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be like an okay option or a very, very good option. I think in two QB leagues, because I think you know when you when you're speaking of that dynamic, you want a guy who's really low tier but is starting and doesn't really hurt you too much, I think, is the ideal, you know, pairing him with a better quarterback. But I think in standards, you can just, you know, think of him as a as a waiver wire. Uh, not even an ad. I think you just stare at his name on the waiver wire like, oh, he's there. Okay. And then I don't know what you call that, but that, that's what we're going to call him. So, yeah, I'm going to call – I'm going to say the Bears just because I feel like – I mean, I was going to say that their offense is a little bit better, but that's not really saying much at this point. I Honestly, I I think 
the Jaguars could. I think the Jags could actually win this. Um, I'm still gonna go Bears just because I think it's a home flip, and I mean it's a it's a coin flip, and they're at home, so I'm gonna go with the Bears. What, what are you guys going? I'm gonna go Bears too, um, for no real reason other than if I flipped a coin, I would you know I have to pick right. one of them. Um, I think Hoyer was kind of a, a weird bright spot for them last week. He seemed to do a pretty good job in that offense, even though they lost to the Colts. Um, and Jordan Howard looks really good. Um, and I think, I don't know, I have a feeling Hoyer is going to play well again and see if he can just really keep that job from Cutler. Which would be hilarious. Yeah. I mean, not for Cutler, but I, I'm actually <laughs> one of the few people who think Cutler's gotten a bad rap um, because he either has a different coach or a non-functioning offensive line. So I feel like those are, but if Hoyer could actually succeed, I mean, that kind of, that kind of refutes some of the argument I feel like, but um, what were you going to say, yeah. Zach? Um, I was going to say that I'm, uh, I was going to pick the, uh, the bears just because I think um, they are at home and their defense has uh, slowly, but surely gotten better. Um, whether that be thanks to John Fox or they have decided to play all of a sudden. Um, and then the one thing I'm looking at is again, if Hoyer can, if he's going to be the starting QB um, also too, I want to know if Cameron Meredith um, is going to continue his production, even if Eddie Royal is, you know, fully healthy at practice and Alshon Jeffrey is fully healthy at practice because we saw them do well last week. Uh, or I'm sorry, we saw, we uh, saw Meredith do well last week, but that was after a week of practice where Alshon Jeffrey and Eddie Royal were limited almost the entire week, it seemed like. And so then, of course, Jordan Howard looks good, and uh, he's in, he's been, he's being thrown into RB2 consideration every single week. But this is a little bit difficult of a matchup for him. The Jacksonville's front seven isn't an absolute – uh, you know, isn't an absolute mess like uh, like we've seen the Colts in the past, but I still think um, the production's going to be there. All right. Uh, I feel like you went about 50 words more than you should have on a matchup like this, um, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, let's see. We got – let's see what's next here. We got the Bengals at the Patriots. All right, guys, true or false, true or false – Dion Lewis should be owned in every format. I mean, every standard format right now. Like 10 teams and up. False. I'm going to go true. All go right. ahead. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go false just because... Yeah, this is your team, so I want to hear why. Like, why, why not the lottery ticket? Why not, you know... The reason why I'm going to go false is because he might be playing on only one healthy knee after the injury last year. And then an injury earlier in the, I want to say in training camp was the last time he was fully healthy, but Bill Belichick doesn't care about our fantasy teams. He doesn't care about giving Lewis the workload because he looked good last year. They'll most certainly. Um, but you have to admit, I mean, the way Brady used him last year kind of sets up, a trend, you know, where it's like, okay, this guy's a definite, you know, uh, read. He's one of Brady's reads, obviously, you know, whether or not it's a, even if it's a play not specifically for him, he goes to him, you know, uh, when, if Gronk is double teamed or if Edelman isn't right. I mean, yeah, that's true. But also last year they didn't have Martellus Bennett and Martellus Bennett has been a big read for the Patriots. He's been 
maybe the second or third read for Brady now. And with Blunt doing well, James White had a very solid uh, week last week against um, Cleveland. And they even have Brandon Bolden. And also, too, they also used DJ Foster last week for, I want to say, maybe a couple drives in the second half when it was officially a blowout. So, yeah, he's a stash candidate, but only in deep leagues, and I'm not expecting anything out of him. All right, Mike, tell tell me why Zach here is completely off his rocker. (laughs) Well, he's not, because I agree with it for the most part. And really, the only reason I said true is just because of how kind of weird and bad the running back position has been this year and that most most owners have like one maybe two good running backs that they can rely on and after that a lot of people are going week to week um whether that's just for like lack of production and people who they drafted high like lamar miller who are just busting for them right now or whether it's like an injury and so just the unknown of hoping that, like, Deion Lewis can come back to something even close to what he looked like last year, I think is why he's a stash. I have him in two leagues just, you know, just out of pure hope. Yeah, I, I honestly think he should be owned. I think, I mean, even in 10 teams leagues, I'm kind of trying to think in my head, you know, in 10 teams, even in 10 teams leagues, I really feel like you have that one spot, at least one spot minimum on your roster where, like, Man, do I do I really care if I release Darkwa or you know do I really care if if I release Kyle Rudolph? Like I don't, he's not doing anything for me. I got this other tight end that I'm starting instead of him. Like I picked him up last week, maybe because of something. I mean, I feel like there's that spot on your roster. And granted, Deion Lewis probably, you know, it'll probably take a little time before he does something for you. But I, you know, I mean, what else are you using that spot for? You could always release him again. You know, especially if you don't like the Patriots, just do it out of spite. Like the second time you release them, you're like, <laughs> exactly. fuck you, Patriots, I'm done with you. Exactly. You know, just something like that. Uh, if only I could do that for the whole charge. Actually, I can. That's why I should I should pick up the Chargers defense in fantasy and then drop it like every day I can. Just like you'll see Chargers <laughs> on waivers every three days. And you're just like, why is this guy doing it? It's like, it's a release. It's a release, you know. <laughs> All right. Oh, we forgot to pick the game for this. I'm going to go Patriots just because, I mean, Bengals are going to New England. That's That doesn't – I don't think they can do much there. Patriots. I assume, yeah, I was going to say I assume Zach's going Patriots. I'm going Patriots <laughs> as well. Um, the Brady tour has begun, and the Bengals looked really bad last week. I mean, I'll give Zach credit. He, uh, Zach, who would you pick? You, did you pick the Cardinals again? You picked one team against them. I, I forgot who it was. Um, I feel like it was the Cardinals. I said the Cardinals, but I uh, no, you don't, I, I lied. you don't get to have take backs. You don't have no <laughs> take backs here, man. Come on, I was trying to be realistic. This, and is, per- not this is permanent for life, man. You're staying for life. What's up, Mike? Well, yeah, nothing. I was just saying he didn't mean it. He he took the Cardinals. Oh, he but... meant it. He meant it. Yeah, don't try to bail him out, man. All right, <laughs> so we got the Browns and the Titans. Boy, I thought I, I thought the Jackson Bears was going to be the highlight. No, we got Browns and Titans, guys. Um. So the Browns are a mess. We had we had one week of crazy Terrell Pryor playing all the positions. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I, I wonder if it would be something if he could just, like, be a quarterback and throw it to himself as wide receiver, if there's such a play like that. I feel like you could with the Browns just because, you know, if you're kind of – you're kind of first on the depth chart automatically, I feel like, if you can play multiple positions. So um, we do have Kessler going – I don't know, it's it's kind of a mishmash of fantasy 
things on the Browns, right? You have Terrell Pryor, who we, who I mentioned, and then you have Crowell, who's kind of like this running back that you want to like and you feel like is good, but something is just – I don't know how to describe him. He's just kind of not – he's kind of mediocre in terms of value when you're trying to trade for him or you're trying to tra- uh, trade him away. He's kind of thought of like that extra piece, kind of like – let's see. I'm trying to think who's a good um, – I guess Matt Blunt. Jones. Yeah, or Matt Jones or LeGarrette Blunt or something. Maybe Blunt has a little more value, but um, yeah, I think Matt Jones is good, where he should have a lot of value, but he doesn't. What's your guys' take on – actually, let me ask this question a better way. Who who would you rather have – I know it's different positions, but we're talking about Corral and Pryor, and just kind of tell me like who, who you like better on that team as kind of a target. Uh, I would go – I mean – if we're just talking as a player without fantasy value, I would definitely take Pryor. But for fantasy value, I would take Crowell just because they're kind of unpredictable in how they're using Pryor. And I think sometimes, you know, they get a little bit too creative and, you know, the production just isn't there. Whereas coming into a week or two ago, Crowell was like among the lead leaders in rushers. Um, not so much anymore after, you know, 22 yards this past week. And, you know, that's certainly not always going to be the case because the Browns are always going to be losing and throwing the ball. Um, But just in terms of someone you can have on your bench to roll into your flex position, I think Crowell is a safer play, while Pryor is probably the more exciting play. All right. And actually, Zach, let me let me put you in a different direction, because I was I was staring at the Titans. I'm like, well, I don't really need to talk about them because it's the Titans. But I did did want to talk about DeMarco Murray. he, he kind of gets forgotten just because I, I never really... I always forget who plays for the Titans. It's like Marietta and DeMarco Murray. So I forget half of that, half of them. Uh, 50% retention rate. But do you... I always thought DeMarco Murray was a great buy on draft day. And he's doing exactly what I thought he would do, which is, you know, above average production, pretty stable. Do you see this continuing? Are you worried at all just because of the miles he has? Maybe the Titans, you know, start falling further and further behind and they start going to the pass more in these games are you like what's your general feelings on murray so far i think murray is a top five running back rest of season and it is it's because um like you said he's the number one offensive talent that uh, that tennessee has and i understand if there's concern over you know if he if he'll break down after you know getting a thousand carries in uh, in Dallas and then getting a pretty sizable workload in Philly and I think Mike can uh, probably even help me out with this but the Eagles and Chip Kelly and Chip Kelly they didn't use uh DeMarco as he should have been used which is between the tackles they did a lot of like jet sweeps and sweep plays and you know getting DeMarco in space and I think he's just a ground and pound between the tackle kind of guy and He's gonna he's gonna get a consistent workload because of Mularkey's exotic smash mouth offense. They're not gonna throw the ball fifty times unless they're playing someone like Miami, which has a very beatable secondary. And you saw that last week where Mariota was a top five, I think maybe even the number one fantasy QB last week. But it's a great spot to I don't think you can buy low on DeMarco because he isn't, you know. He's been killing it so far, but if you can get him on your fantasy team, I would consider doing that, especially if you were in the position where 
you're kind of left without, you know, if you're the AP owner or the Lamar Miller owner and you have an opportunity to give away a wide receiver to get DeMarco, he's a top five back rest of season. All right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Browns this game. I feel like they can get their first win. Maybe, probably not, but I'll just go for them because I feel sorry for them. Well, what do you guys call in here? I'm going the same way. They have to win eventually, maybe. So you say. So, yeah. yeah, maybe. Um, exactly. uh, I'm going to go with the Titans, and I think you can stream their defense. Just I think every single week you're going to stream the defense that faces the Browns, and I think the Titans apply in this case. Yeah, I think that's a good idea too as well. Um, all right, so we got the Rams at the Lions. All right, uh, Gurley did something last week. He did something positive. Uh, what do you guys take here? Are you guys still worried? I feel like he's going to start coming on, but it's been a long wait, so that that's concerning. But Todd Gurley, your guys' feelings thus far? Uh, not good. I haven't. <laughs> I've been very worried. I, luckily, I was not fortunate enough to draft him in any league and i am not sad about that um the rams just look pretty incompetent on offense and i think everyone knows they want to run it with Gurley, and they're just not letting him them run it with Gurley. and you know we're seeing the results he finally got in the end zone last week but i think he still only got i think 70 yards on like you know 25 touches or something 26 touches and he only averaged like three yards a carry um so even though he's getting all the work and all the touches, um, the production is still not there. And you keep waiting for it to, for it to turn into like an AP situation where he has like two or three bad weeks. And then the next the next week you watch the highlights and he's, he breaks like two 70-yard touchdown runs and then you know he's back. But uh, we haven't seen that yet. And I'm, I don't know if we will. Yeah, Zach. You know, I think I may have talked about this in last week's um, conversation with, with Pod Vader or – you know, that was a couple weeks ago, um, where I mentioned, you know, I th- I feel like Todd Gurley and Dave, uh, David Johnson were, like, right there in the draft next to each other. And I feel like, you know, when people were deciding uh, who to draft, they always went Gurley just because the hype, uh, the, the, the age, you know, the age factor, which, you know, I guess is kind of related to hype, but also the fact that he came on strong last season. He was just kind of the flashier toy, and I feel like, Every time Todd Gurley got picked, the pick right after was David Johnson. And, um, you know, there's really no question here. I think I'm just telling you a story so you can just comment on it. So why don't you uh, give me your thoughts on that? Yeah, the reason why I stayed away from him in the summer was because he was very – because of two reasons. One, he was very – game, he's, and he still is game script dependent and – the game needs to go a certain way for him to get his workload. And the other reason why I was kind of off of him was because he does nothing in the passing game. And well, he mostly blocks in the passing game and he's there next to the quarterback, you know, picking up any defenders, but now that's changed and he's getting some He's catching some passes out of the backfield. And I think that's raised his stock a little bit. Um, Obviously you're not going to bench him every single week just because you can't. And I can attribute the slow start because they, because up until the last two weeks, the the Jeff Fisher and the uh, and the Rams weren't using him out of the backfield, and also the fact that he's he had to play the Seahawks, the Bucks, 
the Cardinals and the Bills, and I think those are all pretty stout uh, rush defenses. So I'd like to attribute that to his slow start, but I think there's some reason to feel optimistic because he's uh, getting more attention in the passing game. But his schedule isn't the greatest. He'll have the Lions this week, and then it's the Giants, and then he'll get his bye week. But then it's the Panthers, the Jets, the Dolphins, which have a very scary front seven. He'll end up playing the Seahawks and the Patriots at some point. So it isn't a tough it, – it, it isn't an easy schedule, rather, um, in the next couple of weeks. But you can't bench him, and maybe you can trade him for a, you know, a lower-end wide receiver – if you need to, but I think there's some reason to feel optimistic because he's getting some PPR looks. In standard leagues, uh, I'm not feeling too confident about him. All right, so next up we got the Steelers at the Dolphins. Oh, wait, we didn't even make our picks yet, did we? Uh, I'm going to go Rams. Mike, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. All right, Zach? I'm going to go with Detroit. All right. Uh... <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that, you know, it's just, uh, it's the Lions, so you never know. Uh, okay, so we got Steelers at Dolphins. Yes, that's correct. All right. So, Mike, why why do you think Sammy Coates will continue his success? Or do you not think he will continue his success? Like, where is he going to find the, the the snap count or the volume, however, whatever you want to call it? Like, what what, what feeds into that? He's a guy that really scares me, and I actually I listened to I think two different podcasts earlier today while I was at work, and they spent a lot of time on. They Sammy were both Rasball. They were both the Rasball Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast. He I did actually listen twice. to your. <laughs> I did he actually went into the future, and he listened to this episode twice. That's what he's trying to say. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the the thing that scares me about him is he's kind of that like boomer bust um, receiver where if he if he doesn't get you that long touchdown is he going to be worth it for you that that week kind of in the, in the same way that john brown is um and also i think he's had some problems with drops and i think you know i don't know how long tomlin is going to deal with that um so he's definitely a popular guy and worth grabbing and possibly even starting because the dolphins are terrible i just moved to south florida i can tell you that for sure they are terrible um but he I don't know if he's going to keep it up long term. I think he's always going to be that um that Mike Wallace, John Brown like boomer bust type where he gets a long touchdown, you have a great week and if he doesn't, you know, he might only have two or three catches. Yeah, uh, Zach, I want I want to ask you man, what what do you think about this uh this Dolphins running back situation? It's it's pretty trashy, I'll admit. Uh Aaron Foster still out. So it's a Jahe and Drake. Like, do you see something happening there that's good? Um, I actually, I did, I did see something, but then Aaron Foster has practiced. Oh, I thought you were going to say you came back to reality. So yeah, <laughs> I did come back to reality. Yeah, but I was, I was intrigued by Ajayi just because he was available in, in a couple leagues that I'm in. But then I heard the reports about um, Foster coming back to practice, and I don't think he's practiced in full yet, but he has practiced in a sense, and that just kind of screws it all up again. Um, just because um, it wasn't really clear for the last couple weeks if it was Ajayi or Kenyon Drake. And then last week, uh, Ajayi played, I want to say, 
almost or if not all of the offensive snaps last week and even got production but with Foster coming back it's still just it screws it all up for me yeah I mean it's interesting because I feel like every starting running back no matter how temporary the job is has to be owned no matter what but I feel like this is the one guy where it's like man this is not this is a guy that you probably don't care about even though he's starting so which is a shame because he he did have he was on the hype train for a little bit talking about the hype train i don't actually know how to segue this i was gonna make like this marvelous segue but it's not gonna happen i already know that so we'll just we'll go straight into talking about the panthers and the saints this is an interesting game just because the saints might actually have a chance just because the panthers have been being, been playing so poorly uh it also depends on cam newton's status i actually haven't looked at the updated injury report because i haven't done my rankings for tonight yet but um maybe you guys know more about that but you know it sounds like he's coming back he is coming back all right it sounds Uh, like i would say so i mean i think their season's sort of on the line with with any division game uh they play it's interesting just because this feels like one of the worst hangovers maybe um i'm trying to think the seattle hangover was pretty bad uh, a few years back, if I remember, I think they started maybe one and three, but this is one and four. Um, it's not really fantasy relevant, but I feel like the team itself has been underperforming. So we have that kind of enigma zone to make up um, a phrase, I guess, uh, for the running back position. You know, with Jonathan Stewart out. Um, Cap actually had his uh, first pretty good game last week, I believe, but. I don't know, Zach. What, how do you feel about this running back situation? Is uh, your thoughts on? I think Stewart's coming back this week. So your thoughts on that? Um, what do you think? If Stewart is coming back this week, then I don't think you start uh, Artis Payne or Fozzie Whitaker. If Stewart isn't back fully this week, then I think um, I think you bump up uh, Artis Payne to a flex play just because this New Orleans defense is not good at all or their rush defense most importantly isn't good at all and um i think a reason why carolina is underperforming is because their defense is underperforming and you can't attribute that to their secondary but their pass rush needs to they need to pick up the pace um on their defensive front and it's kind of just leaving their secondary being like breeze will can and will pick them apart just because they've they haven't done well at all and we saw last week with evan scoring a touchdown and Jameis winston looking fairly okay um not great but he definitely he, he definitely didn't play like uh he was facing carolina of uh, the years past but um i I think uh, Newton is a great buy-low candidate just because of their upcoming schedule is absolutely terrific. And I think people are starting to be afraid of him just because he isn't posting, you know, his QB1, as in QB1, as in the number one fantasy QB every single week. And I think that's normal just because it was due for some uh, regression at some time. But I don't think the this is a great spot for a quote-unquote get-well uh offensive production point and i think they should be all right against new orleans all right i was about to i was about to call foul because i i specifically asked you about the running game but then i realized cam newton is about 75 percent of their running yeah so um i'll allow it 
you know, <laughs> I'm a nice guy. Some people say, all right. So I did want to stick with the running backs because I probably didn't mention this earlier, but of course, Mike, you write our handcuff report, which is a lot of great stuff on running backs. It actually, you know, I, I kind of Google searched that, that stuff. And I, I, I really couldn't find a chart as pretty as ours. So I'd like to, I'd like to take, uh, give Rasball and you and everyone credit for that. So we, we do have something pretty there. Um, the content itself is actually grade A as well. It's very useful. I feel like I had my Trump tone on there, you know, when I speak <laughs> in like really short sentences and kind of get rid of pronouns. But, you know, talking about Melvin Ingram, uh, even though we weren't talking about him, I, I kind of alluded to it, but we'll go ahead and reveal it. I He's been doing a lot of heavy lifting, I feel like, but he hasn't really had the season we expect he did it's kind of been under the radar it could be because of lack of touchdowns i mean i i won't allude to it it, it probably is but what what are your thoughts on him going forward is he a guy that you're targeting or is he a guy that you're trying to trade away uh he's definitely a guy i'm targeting um i've never been a huge um ingram guy but you know like we said years where he did nothing yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well it seems like people are always hopeful and i'm just i'm never hopeful and i'm still kind of you know not really hopeful for him but he is you know like we kind of touched on earlier there are so few starting running backs in this league that you can rely on and he's a guy that even when he doesn't have a great game he's going to have an okay game just because their offense is always going to move the ball their defense is always going to be terrible um he may have to do it through the air sometimes but if they do get a lead, they'll pound it with him. And he's kind of one of those rare guys who can catch it out of the backfield, but will also get um, a lot of the goal line carries, you hope, um, when they're not being vultured from him. But, yeah, he's a guy that if you can go out and buy low, um, I think you should because I think he's going to be fine. And I think, you know, people who probably took him too early in the draft are souring on him and looking to make a move. And I think that's when you can go and buy him low yeah i agree with that just because i mean let's say last year never happened and this was the same ingram that we always knew uh they'd still be throwing him out there like 20 times a game you know just telling him to run it uh so he'd be valuable no matter what i think just the level of valuableness to make up a word um <laughs> okay so next up we have ravens at the oh we didn't even pick again i keep on forgetting um we didn't pick before either but i assume we we're all, all right. stealing yeah, I, I don't see how you don't go Steelers there. Zach, you, you want to go Dolphins? <laughs> no, I'll go with the Steelers. All right, then um, I'm going to go Saints against the Panthers just because, I mean, they're at home, and I feel like this might be a bigger game for the Saints than for the Panthers because I feel like as a Super Bowl team, you still have a target on your back even if you're suffering. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Fields. What, what do you guys think in there? I'm going to go Panthers. I think they're more desperate, and they actually – I don't think the Saints are going to be good either way. I think the Panthers can still possibly turn it around and be a good team. I mean, to the Panthers, they may think this is their season, but I think they're forgetting that the Falcons will probably lose six straight to cement their legacy. So I think they should be okay. Uh, Zach, sure. you, you going – who are you going? I'm going with the Panthers. I think it's going to be actually a shootout, yeah. but I think uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Man, what happens if uh... – if Cam gets gets with a concussion, I think that's that's he's getting to the point where I think you just you know if they if they start losing a couple more games, I think you just start sitting him out honestly, um, you know towards the end of the year. But um, let's see what we got. We got Ravens and Giants. All right. So off the top of my head, 
looking at these two teams again uh running back questions so i'm glad i have both of you guys here uh mike why don't why don't we cover the giants um what's your thoughts on that situation going forward it's obviously had a lot of attrition uh we have um what's his face who's their guy jennings rashad jennings um i actually like i've liked jennings this year i mean not not for what he's done but for what he's capable of uh which i feel like is true of everyone uh and everything i think you look at potential and everything and kind of judge it from there but i i remember reading that for you know starting from last year he had eight straight games where he he led in the league for longest sustained rush yardage years it was something like that i don't want to you know dive into that too much but it kind of gave me an impetus to kind of look at him a little bit more and i saw you know kind of a stable back but this year obviously he's he struggled a little bit the whole i mean i think the whole running back depth chart has been kind of a mess but what, what are your thoughts on the complete picture going forward like who do you see emerging from there is it do you see darkwa taking like half the snaps going forward or what, what's going on here um well jennings has missed the last few weeks and I think once, you know, no one has really, like, taken that job in his absence. And even Shane Vereen went down for the year um, right after Jennings went out. And that was kind of a bummer for me because he was a, a guy that I picked up and was hoping to uh, steal some PPR. And you went really late in drafts this year. Yeah. Yeah, I went with, like, a zero running back strategy in at least two drafts. And then I got stuck with him uh, real late because there weren't many other options at that point. Um but I think, you know, Darkwell has looked okay, um, and he's kind of gotten the first crack at it. Last week, Bobby Rainey really kind of emerged as a PPR guy, and I think he'll probably stay there um, even when Jennings gets back. But I think once Jennings gets back, uh, it's going to be his job. Um, no one has really taken that job, and the Giants offenses look pretty awful all around. So I think they'll be eager to get him back and give him another shot. Um, I would be a little worried just because I think Darkwa, you know, they're not going to make him inactive, I don't think. I think he'll still get a few touches. And between Darkwa and getting touches and Rainey getting touches through the air, um, that might really lower Jennings' uh, ceiling going forward the rest of the year. So that worries me a little bit. All right. Uh, Zach, we got, we got Dixon and we got West. What are your thoughts on this uh, situation over in Baltimore? I'm kind of actually happy that Forsyth is out of the picture just because I think that um, it, it makes it a little bit more clear just based off of production. And West has looked fantastic um, to this point with uh, Kenneth Dixon getting wor- uh, worked in slowly but surely. And I think Kenneth Dixon is a great stash candidate just because I think um, everyone is like, oh, my God, Terrence West, Terrence West. But then I'd like to point out that Oh my God! Oh my God! Terrence West. It's it's Terrence <laughs> West, and Dixon. You know they draft they drafted this guy for a reason. Um, I think one of the reasons why they cut Forsett was because Dixon was coming back to full health, and they saw what they had with um, him and West and uh, Javorius Allen, and you know they didn't see a need for Forsett, especially with him. You know, being very underwhelming. Uh, to this point and I think Dixon second half of the fantasy season can be a flex play RB2 a high RB2 Um, he's just he looked great at Louisiana Tech Um, 
And then just to reiterate, like I've been saying these past uh, couple seconds, I think Dixon's a great <laughs> stash candidate. All right. I'm going to go Giants here. Well, Zach, who are you going? Um, I'm going to go the Giants, although it's so very frustrating because I'm an Eli Manning owner, and there is no way he should be doing this poorly without a significant run play and with Odell, Victor Cruz, and Sterling Shepard. And yeah, it's just, I just frustrating. I think this is who he is, you know? I mean, he's just kind of a guy who just shows he up had, once in a while. And he had a doesn't. very quiet 2015 in the fact that he had 35 touchdowns and no one seemed to care. Right, I mean, but one game, I think he had a six-touchdown game, and he had a lot of... Yeah. He, he has... He does... Like, I think he had, like, three or four games where he had no touchdowns, and then, like, I think he had... I think I... I have this off the top of my head, not because I'm an encyclopedia, but I just wrote about him like last week, and I was looking at the stat page or something. So, um, Mike, who you, who you got in this one? Uh, I'm gonna go Ravens, and okay. the main reason being that they, they just kind of switched offensive coordinators. And while I have I do not hold Marty Morningweg in high regard, um, you do tend to see kind of a bump in production for at least like a week or two when a team makes a change like that. Right, especially when it's Tressman. So, um, right. Okay, so we got we got the Eagles against uh, Washington here in D.C. All right, uh, it's Eagles week, I guess. Probably not one of the. I think you know it's usually the Cowboys and in Washington and the Eagles and Giants, right? Um, but let's see what what can we talk about this game? Let's talk about wow the Eagles. So at the beginning of the year, I thought they were going to be terrible. Um. Carson Wentz, tell me about him, uh, Mike. Like, do you do you see this continuing? Do you do you? I mean, I I don't know if you're if you like the Eagles or not. You you say you're from Florida. You're you're a Dolphins fan. No, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm from the Northeast, but okay. I just recently moved down here. I mean, so they're both I animals, know. so yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't really pick on each other. Like, Eagles stay kind of in a land area, and then Dolphins have the ocean. So, um, yeah, I don't have anywhere else to go without that, but. <laughs> So with the Eagles, I do. You, I guess the question is like with Wentz, do you see like a ceiling? Do you see a moment where it's just like it falls apart? I mean, not permanently, but it's just like he's he's obviously a rookie, you know, and he's having a wonderful season. Does it continue? Does it stop? Does it sputter? Like, what's your projections for this guy? Uh, well, all of the above, actually. I think. I mean, I I'm buying in. I mean, he looks great and. Um, it's not just necessarily throwing the ball, but it's his decision-making and kind of like a lot of stuff that he's doing before the snap where he's audibling or um, you know, I've read a lot about it where like Doug Peterson's headset has gone out and Carson Wentz has just called the play. Um, he called the play uh, two weeks ago where Sproles went for that 70-yard touchdown. Um, but I think he's going to have, you know, normal rookie bumps in a road. And we saw, you know, maybe the first instance of that last week where, he had plenty of time to drive down the field against the Lions down by one point. Um, he had like a minute and a half. But on the first play, he threw a 60-, 70-yard bomb that got picked off and the game was over. So I think we're going to see stuff like that where he turns back into a rookie. But overall, um, I'm a buyer on Wentz. I think he's going to be really good. All right, Zach. Uh, you know, we were talking about Matt Jones earlier. We, we touched on that a little bit. But what – like what – why do we? Why should we keep owning him? Why should we trade for him? Why should we target? Like, what? What do you? What are your feelings on him? Like, are you? Do you like him going forward? Do you think he's a buy low guy? 
Um, I don't think you should buy low on him. If you have him, great. If you don't have him, I don't think you should be actively targeting him in any format. All right, so um, he's kind of there. Yeah, he's just there. And again, just like what you alluded to um, previously, when like he, if he comes up on your waiver wire, you just kind of sit there and look at his name and don't make a decision. Um, their their offensive line has looked better in than in years past, but I just think that um, Jones is only viable as an RB two flex or a flex play in two um, circumstances. One, if you're on a bye week and if you if you have a couple running backs that. Um, are on by and the second instance is when he's going against like the absolute worst possible like if he's going against like the easiest fantasy matchup for running backs like he did really well against Cleveland and that's it so if he if they're playing a team that you know their front seven is just atrocious then I think you give him consideration but against like Middle of the road defenses, like what we saw last week against Detroit, he didn't really do that much, and I just think that you know he's there for bench depth. All right, I'm go. I'm going Eagles here. Oh, Mike, who are you going? I'm going Eagles for sure. All right, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll go with the Eagles. All right. Um, we are going to take a quick break before we get to the afternoon games, so. Please enjoy the following commercials. Even if you don't enjoy it, just lie to me and say you'll enjoy it. And we'll be right back. And welcome back to the show. We're going to actually go through the next few uh, a little bit quicker. Just because I do have, I think, six hours of drinking planned tonight. Six (laughs) hours straight. (laughs) So I do want to get that uh, going. So let's not talk about the Chiefs and Raiders just because I don't find too much there to talk about. I will say I think the Raiders will win this game. It should be an interesting game. It's, it's like where the teams are at right now. Who are you guys picking, Chiefs or Raiders? I'm going Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid coming off of a bye where he's normally really good, and I think this might be the first week we see a healthy Jamal Charles. Right, that is a good point. Reid has – I can't remember the record, but it is a very good record after the bye. Um, it's, I think it's Be- Belichickian. Um, Zach, who you got? Totally agree with Mike. Uh, char- or, uh, sorry, Chiefs. I almost said Chargers. That's fine. <laughs> Them too. Um, let's see. We got okay. We got Falcons at the Seahawks. This will be a good test for the Falcons. It'll this will be interesting to see if they're legit this year or not. Um, all right. Quick question. Quick fancy question for both of you. With Demonte Freeman kind of you know being there is uh. Like, what do you guys think about Coleman? Is he a guy who you really must own, or is he just kind of a like a good handcuff? Like, what what what's the verdict on this guy? I don't think that. I, I think this situation is like what we saw with Carolina a couple years ago, where it was Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, and like they weren't really like Stewart wasn't really a handcuff, and neither was D'Angelo. Um, and you can't even look at and say, okay, Dan, like you can't look at and say Kevin Coleman's only good in the passing game and Freeman is o- only good between the tackles. Like it just changes. And it was so, so, so frustrating last week, um, you know, buying into Devonta Freeman and being disappointed with the production, especially when 
when you take it to the fact that Tevin Coleman had had and still has a sickle cell trait, which is affected by altitude. So I have no idea why he was rolled out there in the thin air of Denver and he racked up like a hundred and something yards um, through the air. And it's just frustrating, but I think you just start them against good, um, good opponents. And this is not a good opponent to start Tevin uh, Coleman or Devonta Freeman. Um, and I, I just think that they're there and you start them, but I don't think you are feeling good or bad about any of them. I'm actually, I don't know whether to be impressed or kind of freaked out that you have that much in-depth knowledge on, <laughs> on this guy. That's, that's pretty interesting. Um, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Mike, I don't expect any type of, uh, physiology, uh, analysis here, uh, for, <laughs> for Seattle, but I did want to get one quick question. Um, Thomas Rawls, what's his value at right now? Uh, as a Thomas Rawls owner, I, I am in pain. What do you do with him? I mean, he's he's taking up a spot, but it's like you don't want to give up on him, right? He is. I'm stashing him just because I I do have him in that zero running back league where I think he might. I think as sad as it is, you wouldn't believe I'm four and one, but he was the first running back I drafted. Um, so I think you're basically advising everyone <laughs> to not do the zero running back strategy. I think yeah. Well, I have really good receivers and skill <laughs> players. It's just the running right. backs. I think uh, you should though. I mean, yeah. If you were to tell me that you're not going to draft anything but the bottom of running backs, I would hope that your next words were, but my wide receivers are really good. Yeah, which is the only reason I'm not in last place. Um, I'm still stashing him. I don't have high hopes, um, especially now that they're bringing in – they brought in Spiller to take even more touches from him. And Christine Michael has looked so good. Uh, I'm still holding out hope that he comes back and, you know, can start getting, you know, maybe 40% of the touches, but – uh, yeah, if he wasn't, I think injured. that describes it. Yeah, the, <laughs> the exasperated gasp. Yeah. Um, I would mention though, in, in PPR leagues, though, uh, a zero running back strat is actually pretty legit. Um, let's see where are we at. We are at the Cowboys at Packers. All right. Um, Zach, true or false? Cole Beasley is a wide receiver too by the end of the season. False. All right. I'm not on the Beasley bandwagon, but I want to hear from you. Like, why are you not buying into that hype? Because he's been kind of, he's been kind of popular the last couple of weeks. He has been popular, but Des Bryant's coming back, um, and he has uh, he's practicing fully now, and I think that takes away from it. And I just I can't get behind him. I, I just I I can't get behind him. And yeah, I don't really know what to say except for the fact that Des is coming back and I just, I can't get behind him. Sorry. <laughs> sorry if I'm repeating myself, but no, it's okay. You're sorry. So I accept your apology. Um, otherwise, you know, that that's it. Um, Mike, true or false? Eddie Lacy can be a top five running back by the end of the season. Uh, false. Oh, just, really? just too much, just too much Dang. weight. <laughs> Even though he traditionally gets better as it gets colder. Um, yeah, I just don't see it. I still think they're going to air it out. Um, and I don't think we're going to see a repeat of last year where he came on late and turned back into a top five running back. I just, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, I know I know from Zach's audible noise, it kind of uh, alert. It, it helped me remember that he, he was big on the Lacey bandwagon at the beginning of the season. He was telling people to buy. <laughs> Zach, really quick, I do want to go back to you on Eddie Lacey just because you, you did 
pump him up in the preseason. He does kind of look like I see flashes of vintage Lacey in there this season, but it feels like he's like he hasn't broken through yet. But I feel like just watching him run, it feels like he's about to break through in a big way. Just you know, like how you watch, I don't know, like water boiling, you know, just to <laughs> just to use something that cannot be analyzed whatsoever by any expert opinion. You know, something that's really not tangible. But I mean, what? Sometimes that's what football is. Sometimes it's just gut feeling. You know, I have to admit it. Just because you're dealing with such a small sample size. Um, you know, not to make this into a bigger conversation, but, you know, Rudy and I, we talk a lot because of the rankings and stuff. And this is the first year Rudy's doing rankings and he's using, you know, he created the, uh, you know, his own robot, his own bot uh, to create projections, uh, something that he's done for the baseball site. And we talk about this rankings and it's like, you know, it's so hard compared to baseball because you have a 162-game season, you have a lot of numbers, uh, a lot of a larger pool of numbers to deal with. With football, it's not the same. You know, you have 16 games, you have a little bit of history, but even if you, let's say you go the three years, that's still just, that's still just, you know, 30, over 30 games. So, I, you know, I guess this was my long way to you, Zach, of asking in a one-word answer if you still like Lacey, yes or no? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have the Colts at the Texans. I really don't want to talk about anybody on on these teams. I, w- I would be remiss to if I didn't mention the continued struggles of DeAndre Hopkins to be relevant. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson was having the same troubles, and you could kind of forgive A-Rob just because he's dealing he's with a bad team. You kind of feel the same way about Hopkins, but I feel like Allen Robinson's coming on a little bit. Hopkins has just been off the face of the earth. I, like, I don't even know if he's starting anymore. And it's not it's not like the passing game is suffering too much. I know Osweiler is kind of terrible, but well Fuller has found a way to, you know, emerge a little bit. So I, I think I want both of you to tackle this. Um first you uh Mike, like wh- what are your feelings on Dear Hopkins? Like I I don't think you can sell. I mean what are you just hanging on and and praying? Yeah, I think I'm hanging on and praying. I think a lot of his struggles have more to do with Osweiler than they do with Hopkins, even though you know, Fuller has come on. Fuller's kind of that lightning bolt who can just break free and get open deep. Um, I mean, Hopkins, he didn't have a terrible week last week. He still had five catches, 56 yards, a touchdown. Right, he's alive. So Yeah, he's alive. Uh, but He has a pulse. But Yeah, I mean, if you get a great offer, um, you know, you can consider selling. But he was probably a first or second round pick for you. So I don't know how much you want to sell that. You really want to hope that he turns it around. Right, I totally agree. I definitely should not sell. Definitely should buy. I still, I'm still telling people to buy just because even if it doesn't work out, I feel like his price is so low that, you know, it's it's like if it doesn't work out, I don't think it'll hurt you too much. Like, what would you have to give up for him? I don't, I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But people have asked me questions on the site about the trades. I'm like, man, yeah, pick it. It's same with Gurley too. I feel like even Gurley. I know you guys were negative on him. I'm, I'm also not too excited about him, but. If someone's just throwing him at you, I mean, just take him. I mean, if he if you catch lightning in a bottle, that could carry you the rest of the season, right? Am I am I throwing too much hyperbole at this, Zach? Like, do you do you agree with that or? No, I agree with that. And someone in my in one of my main leagues dropped Des Bryant. And I picked him up, even though he isn't you know a top five wide receiver. He still does Bryant. So um, no, I don't think that's too much to. Yeah, I think if you're getting Hopkins at. Uh, at a really great premium, then yeah, you should go for him. And I just, yeah, he's a talented guy and he'll, he'll recover. Boy, Osweiler. 
was oh he's what an, terrible what an, <laughs> what an, <laughs> he like jacoby Brissett looked better than brock osweiler did a couple yeah, weeks ago i don't know i i usually hate hate it when john elway does something right because it happens Cause not that often horse. right uh, no i don't have anything against horses i mean <laughs> he looked like a horse hay consumption is kind of questionable sometimes but um yeah that was actually the sunday night football game which is ridiculous i feel like I feel like flex needs to exist now. If I was NBC, I'd be really. That's uh, that's not a good matchup. Um, What's up with NBC not uh, using Mike Tirico? That was a shame. Or like the NFL not allowing NBC Whoa, to use this, Mike Tirico. That's so random. Why? Why? What? There was some drama with Mike Tirico. Yeah, no, I I was just because you talked about NBC. Like he let like as <laughs> most people should know by now, he left uh, ESPN um, in the summer in the beginning of the summer to go to NBC. And the idea was that he would do the Thursday night games and um, Al Michaels would do the Sunday night games, but the NFL for some unknown reason said, no, Mike Tirico can't do the Thursday night games. And Al Michaels did not not want to do the Sunday night games, So now he's doing Notre Dame. So that, that was the issue. And now my, you can catch Mike Tirico uh, Saturdays on NBC doing Notre Dame versus Temple. Well, I mean, you know, whatever it takes to get away from John Gruden, I think, is is the moral of the story. So, I love John. Yeah, I think you would. Um, okay, so we got the Jets at the Cardinals for the Monday Night Football game. This is the last game. Uh, Matt Forte. I don't I mean, Matt Forte. I don't think there's much to talk about. Um, let's talk about the Cardinals. Let's talk about their passing game uh, before we end the show. Uh, I know, I think it was you, Mike, who mentioned John Brown, was it earlier, about kind of like playing Russian roulette? Yep. Um, I feel like, uh, I feel like Malcolm Floyd, or not Malcolm Floyd, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Floyd. That's my chargerism getting in the way. Um, <laughs> I feel like Michael Floyd is sort of the same way. I think... You know, Larry Fitzgerald is probably the most stable receiver there. But what? why is it that Floyd and Brown cannot be productive receivers? Because, you know, there's there's hype with them every season. They're, they look like, on paper, you know, at the end of the year, you look at their stats and you're like, man, this is a really good wide receiver too, and they're pretty cheap. But when, when you start, you know, if you've never owned them before, I'm, I'm sure people who owned them last year recognize this and moved on. Because um, I think I had Brown last season. I'm like, I'm not doing this again. It's just like you start him for three games and he gets like one catch for 15 yards for three games. And you're like, all right, F this. I, I got to put some production in. And then on your bench, he does like 196 yards and three touchdowns. And it's just like, what are you doing to me? I need to drink now uh, after I see that. Like, do you, do you guys ever wonder, like, I feel like. I describe this as the Vincent Vincent Jackson syndrome where he's always been like this, where I have like one big game out of five, not so much anymore, just because, you know, he, he, he's kind of been a wide receiver three for the Buccaneers, but I guess Vincent Jackson of the past, but is there any hope for a stable, I mean, I don't even want to call it. Like, is there any, like, are you okay with riding the roller coaster? Like what's your guys' take on, on this uh, receiving situation in Arizona? I would say no, stay away. Um, even with, I mean, last week you can't really count because Carson Palmer was out, but, um, like you said, like last year with John Brown and Michael Floyd, um, it's just like a roller coaster where they disappear for two or three weeks and you you just can't have that in fantasy. And it was like, they took it to a new level earlier this year because 
you would like look at the box score or the bottom line and just see Jay Brown had a huge game only to find out that it was Jerron Brown that had a huge game (laughs) and and John Brown had like zero catches. And um, I think I owned Michael Floyd last year and he was the one that uh, led me to just stay away. I'm not doing that again. Right. And of course, uh, Zach, Michael Floyd does has the top rightist, but John Brown's like a pretty good receiver. He, he doesn't have the same, the same issues that Floyd does. He has a lot of speed. It feels like, you know, with a guy like Carson Palmer, he can stretch the field. What, what's the deal here, man? What is your take on this situation? The most frustrating thing about uh, the Cardinals offense is that um, between Fitzgerald, like Michael Floyd and John Brown, and even JJ Nelson at some points, um, this year and last year, they played close to almost all of the snaps on the offense. And it just goes back to the fact that there are too many mouths to feed, which is a great thing to have in normal football, but a terrible thing to have in fantasy. And I mean, if you told me that if I could start an NFL franchise and I'd have David Johnson, Michael Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, JJ, like all those offensive talent, I'd be absolutely thrilled. But the truth is, is that, they all play close to 100% of the snaps, it feels like, and yet it's just you can't throw to all of them on a consistent basis. And so especially if you're giving close to 30 touches a game to David Johnson, it's just – I just – yeah, you just want to stay away just because there's going to be these random events where they go off for 30 fantasy points, but then – more likely than not, they'll explode for five points or something like that. And um, I was going to say that Michael Floyd actually is a great daily option or a streaming option if you're just if you're giving up all hope, if you're the Keenan <laughs> Allen owner. And the reason why I say that is because the Jets are very beatable um, on the deep bo- on the deep ball, and we saw that with Sammy Coates last week and Floyd. Actually, now that I say that, I'm not sure if John Brown or Michael Floyd is the deep threat. Maybe all of them are. Yeah, this is an ugly situation. One of them is going to do well, and if you can pinpoint which one um, is runs the most uh, deep threats out of that offense, I would use that uh, receiver, whether it be uh, Jerron Brown, John Brown, or Michael Floyd, just because they are beatable in their secondary, and Darrell Rivas has not looked good. But in in normal situations, I would stay away. All right, that is our show, and as I do a lot, often when when something like a huge hurricane hits, I am going to recommend our listeners go to redcross.com and donate for, for Haiti right now. They're having a couple issues. I think I did this a couple years ago, too, when they had the earthquake. Um, I would recommend it just because they're our neighbors, and over a 1,000 died. They're facing cholera upbreak. Um, just a lot of tragedy going on over there um, on kind of a serious note. So I'm always an advocate for the Red Cross. They do a great job over in Haiti. So I rec- I don't know if I should say I recommend it, but I would hope that everyone um, would match my donation, which, you know, I've, I donated $100. So don't actually try to match that. That's a lot. But, you know, if you could just give $1, it definitely goes a long way uh, for them. I would like to thank Zach for joining and Mike. Zach, you write your Star Missoum post on Saturdays. Your Twitter is – I always love asking you what your Twitter is because you fumble it more than I could ever imagine anyone fumbling their Twitter. So please have at it, sir. Uh, let's see if we can do this. All right. <clears throat> My Twitter handle is at O-U-Have-1-2, which is O-H, the letter U, have, H-A-V-E, 
the numbers one and two. And if this continues with, you know, these types of questions, I'm just going to change it to Razball underscore Zach. But for the time, for the time being, it's going to be at, oh, you have one too. All right. And Mike, you write the handcuff report, which came out today, comes out every Wednesday. Pretty legit stuff for anybody who cares about the running backs on their team. What, where can we reach you on Twitter? Uh, mine is easier. Mine is my name, Mike Mayer. Last name is M A H E R. Imagine that. You know. Okay. Um. Thanks for both of you for joining. Thanks for everyone listening to the episode. We'll come back next week, hopefully with T Hole. Hopefully we'll get Mike in here again, and I'm sure Zach will um probably anger his gods and appear on the next episode again. <laughs> I pluralize that. Is there multiple gods? I don't think there are multiple gods, right? No. Yeah, it's okay. I, I'm an atheist. I'm already going to hell. So. That's our show. Thanks. (laughs)